I'm excited to be talking today with my good friend, owner of the most legendary bar and concert venues located on the island of Nantucket, The Chicken Box. Welcome, Packy Norton. Hey, Ben. How are you doing today, pal? What's going on? I am doing awesome. And so I was, obviously, I know The Chicken Box maybe a little too well, but I was doing some research and just like learning a little bit about the history and yourself and... um I was on, I got stumbled across the store you have, and you know, you see a bunch of cars driving around with their box stickers, but in the top, it says internationally infamous. What, what's that mean to you? Well, uh, I think the internationally infamous is uh, what you said, you said it best when you said, you know, I know the box and uh, maybe a little bit too well. So people try, people say they go there, but they try not to tell everybody how much they've They've really been there. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what kind of makes it, it makes it infamous in that kind of way. But yeah, uh, that, that's you know. awesome. I'm sure you guys sell a lot of those box stickers. We sell, yeah, tons of the box stickers. We, we give away half of them. Um, right. And, you know, the hats and the merchandise has, has been flying lately, you know, uh, especially since COVID too. But um, right. so pe yeah. people are certainly missing it during that period. But that's awesome yeah it's well, the infamous is i think because it's been around for so long since like the late 40s uh this guy named willie house used to own it and he sold actual chicken southern fried chicken out of there it was actually honey fried chicken and uh and so, then so in the added, 40s he, that's what they, this family had owned it and it was literally just a chicken house so this kind of this family the uh his name was willie house he okay he lived here in the summertime. He was from Kentucky. And, uh, and they were, they kind of came up here in the summer, like as, as I have to be, you know, they were servants, to be honest with you, um, back yeah. in the forties and fifties. And this part of the Island is where they kind of all lived. And then they had Thursdays and Sunday afternoons off and there was no real Southern food for them. So this guy started this whole the thing called the chicken box. We actually had the original sign on the wall above the pool tables. Um, wow. And, you know, eventually he started, you know, the, the original bar itself added on the stage and he brought all these singers up, blues singers like Muddy Waters and all these guys used to come up and play up there on the summertime and entertain. And eventually he kind of just stayed here and, and made it a club. So, wow. Um, and how, uh, how yeah. is he able to get those, those type of uh, like the singers and all that? Do you know any of that? So he knew them from being down in Kentucky in the wintertime all the yeah. juke joints down there and mississippi half his family was from as well so got it. uh that's kind of how i really got his name and start and then he sold it to a guy named seaweed robert reed but his nickname was seaweed because he uh he had so many boats and he always sunk them because he was this open <laughs> tanker boat captain that his boat was always in the seaweed so that's how he got his name and that's who yeah. i actually worked for back in the late in the early 90s uh he hired he hired me back Got in the it. day so and before and before you continue give us a little bit of background on yourself uh so i grew up down the cape and i never been to nantucket and then uh ended up going to the marines for after high school uh and when i got out of the marines basically my parents were like you're not staying here but then you know there's a job on nantucket you should go get that job and so i came out here at housing and then of course, I went to the chicken box at night. I'm like, I'm going to start working here. So I asked him if I could like mop the floors and clean the bathrooms and work the door. 
Right. And at that time, the boxes are like a little bit rougher, a lot rougher, to be honest with you, <laughs> than it is now. And uh, I just get out of the Marines. So the guy's like, all right, you can work the door. Don't worry about it. So, uh, yeah, so I ended up working the door there and working my way up. I eventually actually left Ben for five years and I ran straight wharf downtown, which is, uh, as you know, started, it was crazy as well. Yeah. Um, and then we had the opportunity, me and business partner, to buy uh, the chicken box when Seaweed was retiring. And Jimmy Buffett was trying to buy it at the same time as us. Really? And he kind of was like, yeah, true story. Obviously, uh, he could outbid us, but uh, the, the old owner wanted to keep it the chicken box and not make it a Margaritaville. And by the way, Jimmy's played, played at the box. We're still friends with him. And, you know, so there's no bad feeling or anything like that. But and he still talks about the box when he goes on stage at Fenway and Marshfield and stuff like that. But uh, right. so, yeah, so he, we kind of just, he wanted to keep it the same, like the island institution. And we've kind of just took it, took it over from there. And, you know, we, we actually cut the back of the building off. We wanted to keep the building the same, like the inside, the interior of the building the same. But we did was we cut the back of off and made new bathrooms and new men's room, new ladies room, new storage, and kind of like, you know, uh, made the building better, even though what, it doesn't look like it all the time. <laughs> uh, what, what year was that? Uh, we, so that was in 2000, we bought it. So I was yeah. 29 years old. <laughs> which was something a 29 year old should not have is the chicken box, but we made it through. <laughs> that, that is awesome. And, and obviously it was important to you to keep a lot of the history and, and all that as you kind of walk into kind of even the same vibe as it's always had. Yeah. We try to keep the history. I mean, the one thing we did was just made it a little bit safer and more, uh, you know, congenial and like and more appeal you know, for people to, to, to walk in and feel safe and have a great time instead of like the more of a, the roadhouse feeling it had back in the 80s and 90s yeah. we try to that was the only thing we kind of wanted to get rid right. of um and i mean obviously it's how it happens it happens in every place but you know we try to try to make it a little bit better and uh we up the music we started doing bigger bands and you know just kind of moving it along as the times kept right. going so so now stay we with that. great bands of course you do and we'll get to that in a but staying to like where you know that first part, what was your first memory walking into the box as like place you'd been going to for so long as the owner? Do you remember that moment? Oh, so yeah, I do. I know the exact moment, to be honest with you. I went to the meeting when I, we bought the place, uh, went to the lawyer's office and who I've known. And my, so uh, not many people know this, but my real name is not Packy. She's like, who's this, who's this Thomas Norton guy? And I was like, that's me. She's like, oh my God, that's you. It was Packy. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So we started, started laughing and I walked in the door of the box that day, the day we bought it coming from the lawyer's office. And I had $4 in my pocket to my name. And I looked at the bartender. I was like, sorry, pal, but I'm working today. I need a couple of bucks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. He's, like, <laughs> he's like, I get it. I was like, I'll see you tonight. So yeah, I walked right in and started working the day shift and bartending that afternoon. So that That's was my first time. I was, well, I was going to ask you, what did you learn as like an employee now to an owner? Like what lessons do you like you know, kind of stay with you? I mean, so like a lot of the stuff was um, just staying true to like the employees, you know, was one of the bigger ones. Like that guy was, he was really good to us. And even when you thought you weren't learning a lesson, you were, you were seriously learning a lesson. Like he didn't have to explain why uh, at all times, why he told you to do something. 
And uh, I, that carries on today. Like I try to explain why I'm asked, telling people to do something, you know, so, um, and sometimes it's hard to, to translate it, you know, like you don't have time all the time because it's a busy night or something like that. But every, like yeah. when I went after owning it, I was like, oh, that's why he told us to do that. Or that's why like it's done this way, you know? Right. Um, right. Small stuff like that. But we had been there actually, we had worked there for so long. It was kind of just like a change of the bank account. And, but then, yeah. you know, realizing it was your money or your livelihood that you're taking a chance on. That's what, you know, that, that was the change. But yeah, cool. Well, so then the, you know, you mentioned earlier and, you know, the other, the other thing besides the atmosphere and the great drinks, the box is known for its live music and some of like the most epic bands have come through, you know, Nantucket, you'd mentioned Jimmy Buffett, but like, tell me a little bit about how kind of the music side of things works. And, and I know, you know, I know you're heavily involved with that and how does that all work? Um, well, so yeah, it's a, certainly a different, a, a different place to to hire music because like say for instance you're playing in boston you know the tour bus pulls up they they unload it they play the show they get back on the tour bus and take off um right that doesn't really it can't happen here so for me to have a show you know i have to i book like their truck reservations in january i don't even put a name on them I just put the chicken box name on them and then i'll book them for the whole summer and then i'll start booking bands and kind of fill in the pieces and I have them for two nights. So they'll come out here and they'll play for two nights or so. And then, uh, and kind of go to dinners, go to the beach and they make a little vacation out of it, which is kind of when I could get some, um, they call them underplays, like when a bigger band plays a smaller venue. Yeah. So, you know, so that's how sometimes you get like a bigger band all summer long to play because there's like a little vacation for them. Right. So, right. You kind of build it all, then yeah. build it all in. And, and yeah. so what, over the years, like what, what is like, what's been your like favorite, like your kind of favorite music memories? I mean, there's so, there's so many, it's been so long, but uh, I would say like, you know, people have passed like Toots and the Maytals, he played a bunch of times. Um, and he just passed like during COVID a couple of years ago. And once, yeah, once I get the band all set up, the hard work's done, I get on, they get on stage and I'm sitting there watching them. That's like my favorite part of the day, of course, yeah. you know? And so I can't pinpoint it, but I always say like the revivalists have been playing here. They're playing. I just saw them at that big festival this week in front of 40,000 people in cost. Yeah. They play for us for 300 and we've had awesome. Ziggy Marley. Uh, we have so many great bands that play, um, you know, there's, there's 95% of them are great. 5% of them kind of, they run you around a little bit, but for the most part, they're mostly the best time ever. Our buddy G love. G, our buddy G Love plays. He played, I think he's played for like 18 years. He's on a different tour this time. Uh, this summer, he was playing with Dispatch, I think, in, in OAR. And, but Donovan, I think, is straight. Donovan Frankreier, who I think that you come to see once in a while. He's, uh, yeah. he's played for about 18 years straight, 19 years straight. And he's great. He's so easy. He drives himself to the venue and plugs himself in and plays. So that's the easy right. one. So that's he's awesome. one of the nice guy as well. So, so uh, kind of on the business on the business side, I, I know earlier this year you, you launched your own box, Sparkling Rosé, and you've had some other partnerships over the years. But like, tell me a little bit about kind of like that Chicken Box brand and like what it means to you and how you look at potential like partnerships and kind of that branding side. So that branding side was this uh, this company called Hogwash. I guess they have a couple of investors that live on the island, 
and they had been trying to get in to the box and I was, you know, I'm kind of like wary of like, you know, who, who wants to come in and it's to make the right fit, you know, and really don't do too much of that. Uh, and they kind of made the deal too good about like, we'll put your label on it. And we got together and did the label together and the actual products tasted really good. And so it kind of seemed like the right fit, especially now when people are, are past the fact of just drinking, you have to drink wine out of a bottle with, yeah. a, with a cork, you know? And, uh, but now people, it seems like with the high noons and all that stuff, they don't mind to drink it. The rosé out of the can, we sold a ton of it. And also uh, a bunch of liquor stores, like we started branding out with them and then they've started liquor stores, started selling it like, you know, by the case downtown around the Nantucket this summer. So that was fun to see out and about when you see That's your product out there. That's you awesome. Know. And I, I think I remember you were telling me this and tell me I'm wrong, but like, did you do the last, the, the latest logo? Uh, yes. I did, with the Nantucket in the middle? Of the yeah, chicken. yeah. With the chicken, yeah. Yeah, we, we did the chicken and then uh, I had like the two colors on it. We, we change those colors all the time. And then the feathers, like the feathers of the chicken arm, I was like, holy moly, that kind of looks like Nantucket. So we kind of fit that in there. So it kind of worked out. Uh, that just fell in the place. That was a lucky. That was a lucky one for sure. Not not, yeah. not any talent by any means, but <laughs> that, so. uh, that's awesome. Well, uh, just a, only because this is a pretty random, but final question was just what what's your like what's your top like one two sellers? Uh, as far as uh, drinks, yeah, drinks go. So we have the Life Is Good, which is our house drink that we made twenty yeah. years ago with. Um, with our friends Bert and uh, John Jacobs from Life, the actual company Life is Good. Yeah. Uh, when they first started their company, we were just buying the box, and so we all kind of got together. We started doing T-shirts together, and we made the drink together, and that's kind of been our signature drink. Uh, that's all. This year, I mean, the I mean, and the Bud Light was like I think we were at one point behind. We were number one in Cape Cod for sure for Bud Light for a lot of a lot of years. Uh, that's crazy. Behind Fenway Park in the summertime at one point, but now the, the sparkling drinks, all the all the uh, seltzers have certainly taken a huge bite of that. So I think this summer the seltzers were number two right. uh, drinks for sure, without question, without naming them. But it's a it's a wild uh, a wild but business uh, you're in, and really cool to kind of have a little bit of the, uh, the behind the scenes view on it, and, and just such a storied kind of Nantucket staple, but even just like a kind of a worldwide staple, just in the story behind it, it's pretty, uh, kind of with the history and all that is, is pretty epic. So I really appreciate you, you sharing. Oh, my pleasure, man. Anytime, anytime. We can have, we can have a, uh, a more, a more uh, R-rated version on the next interview if you ever wanted to. <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna, you know, I was gonna ask a little bit about some of the, uh, I'm sure some of the things you've seen, the stories you've heard and all that, but I figured uh keep it somewhat PG the first time, but uh yeah, we'll yeah, see. Maybe exactly. maybe 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 interview two will just go full uh full on because I'm I'm sure you've seen some shit. <laughs> oh yeah, I yeah, I, I, I protect all the I protect all the names, but I'll I'll tell you all the stories for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad. All right, Packy. Well thanks again. All right, already look, we'll see you in uh summer twenty twenty three. Yes, sir. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thanks.